is so wonderful. We're talking about an interesting subject this morning. The subject is titled, Our Faith, or Faith and Our Five Senses, or Natural Senses. How many of you know that God loved us so much? Whatever that God has done, the Bible says in the book of Genesis, when he created the first human being, when he looked at him and he said, this is good. You know, you are the good work of God. The psalmist says, oh, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. You know, I am, I am the work of God. You know, I'm his art. When he looks at the splendor and the goodness and everything of his life, you know, it's like God is very good and he's awesome. Wow, the Lord is good. Amen. God created you with the sense of, of, of smell. You know, for you to, to be able to even smell the perfume, you are able to differentiate, you know, the, 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 the smells around the adults. You can tell that this one, you know, is that. And there are certain smells that you can just, you even, even now you can remember without smelling anything that, you know, onion, how does it smell? It's not in front of you, but you know it because of the senses that God has given us. Amen. You know, and, and, and the eyes, you know, your eyes. When you see me even today, you can remember, this is Tobejani. I know him. You can, you can, you can see someone at the picture, you know, just, just basically by looking at the television and you can spot, no, that person I know. Because of the sense of eyes. And you are able to even differentiate, you know, with the taste. You are able to say, oh, so nice. You know, that's nice. That's nice. It's not nice before you would taste it with your own mouth. You know, your taste buds have, are able even to separate certain things. They can, they can distinguish. They can distinguish. You know, to say, this is Marinda soft drink. It is not Fanta orange. You are able to tell. That, you know, this one, even if it looks black, it is not Coke. It should be Pepsi or something else. But it is never Coke. You know, you can even feel certain things with your own body. You know, your, sen your, your sense of touch. Now imagine if you were a human being who could not see, who could not smell, who could not touch, who could not taste? Who could not hear? What is it that I've, uh, I have skipped? There are five senses. Hear, see, smell, taste, and touch. They are all right. Five senses that God has given us. So today, we are speaking about the fact that, you know what? God has fearfully and wonderfully made us. And these wonderful things that he has given us as the senses... They've got a way of coming in between the faith that is precious and our life in Christ. One thing that we, we see in this world, there's so much of the picture and the theme that is painted. I believe that the world is made to crave for something that is supernatural, something that is beyond them, something that is above their ability in everything. You can name them. Including drugs, you know, the way drugs are there, you know, one thing that you get from drugs is something of the power that will help you, you know, to basically boost your, your limitations as the physical human person. 
to even forget certain things and to have boldness and to be able to still continue. It's just an extension. But that in itself, it's, you know, the hunger of the supernatural. You watch the movies, including children's cartoon. There's so much of the supernatural theme right there. You see certain things, you see certain powers that you have never seen in the natural life being portrayed in there. So basically, even the minds of the little children are exposed to say there's something that is beyond the power of the human ability. Certain things are very bad because of the influence behind is the demonic. Now, even, you know, there's a whole lot of things that are portrayed. And the world is moving with them. There are people even today, they are still joining and joining into Satanism. Because of Satanism, you know, it portrays something of the supernatural power. But it's the evil power. It's not the power of God. But you find that the church is not moving in the science and the power which is supernatural that God has given us the abilities. I believe, friends, that the church has to be at the forefront. We should be able to distinguish that this is the fake, this is the counterfeit, and here is the real thing that is portrayed by the children and, you know, every believer in Christ. Because the Bible shows us that God has made us to be supernatural beings when we are in Christ. It says, when we read in the John chapter 3, verse 5 and 6, Jesus answered, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born of water. It talks about being born, right? It says water. When it talks about water day, that is the symbol of the word of God. When you go into the book of Ephesians chapter 5, you will find it has these words that you are being cleansed or by the washing of the water by the word. And when you go into 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 23, it says, For we are born not of the corruptible seed, but of the incorruptible seed of the word of God. So it shows that if anyone comes to Christ, the miracle of birth, when we say you are born again, that miracle, it is done by the word. It is not the hands. It is not human action. It is not your church going or your Bible reading. It is Christ himself. It's the Holy Spirit himself giving birth of you, making you to be supernatural within. It, it continues in verse 6. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the spirit is spirit. The Bible brings a line and a distinction between the two things. It says there's, there's, there's the natural, the flesh birth. The biological birth that me and you have been born through. And there's also the spiritual birth. Anyone that has not come to Christ, they don't know the spiritual birth. It's only in Christ. Through the word and through the spirit, the Holy Spirit. So when we are in Christ already, there's the distinction. We live in the flesh, we are on the world. But our life now, it's not only in the flesh, it's also in the spirit. The Bible shows that there's the physical, the natural life, and also the spirit life. Even in here, 
Jesus said, where two or three shall gather in my name, I am in their midst. You would only believe because of the word of God says, he is in, there, in, in, in our midst. And we believe that he's here. The Bible says, the angels of God encamps around the righteous you know, people and also they are angels of the church. Then it is, in, it is in the word, I believe angels are just all over in this place. But they are in the supernatural, the unseen realm. Mara on earth. When you go to the book of First Kings, chapter 6, you are going to read a lovely story about Elisha and his servant. The Bible says, at some point, these people were in danger because of the servant of Elisha, the prophet, just woke up one morning and when he looked around, he saw the army surrounded their city, you know, around. And they were there. He knew for sure that these people, they are there for, for him and his master, Elijah. Elijah. And he saw them with his own physical eyes. But the man of God was aware of the presence of the supernatural, even here on earth. He simply says, many are those that are with us than those who are with them. They might be having demons around, but with the army that we have, that is not seen, it is much more greater in our lives. And he simply prays for him. Father, open his eyes. And remember, the Bible says he had, he had looked and he saw. He was not a blind person. But somehow the spiritual eyes opened and he was able to see in the realm of the spirit while he was on earth. And he saw multitudes and multitudes of angels with the armor, with the chariots. And it was so clear that, you know what, the, the enemy is outnumbered as compared to the power and the forces and the, the armory, you know, and the weapons that they had on their side. And that's the reality of us in Christ Jesus. We're living in that reality. Second Corinthians 5 verse 7 says, for we walk by faith, not by sight. It simply says, if we are born again, our direction does not come by what we see. Remember, what we see, yes, can direct the natural person. You are able to do things, you are able to know things by your five natural senses as the human being. But the Bible says, if you are in Christ, the dependence and the authentication of the scriptures and the truth of God. It is not on what you can see, smell, taste, and touch, and see. But it is upon the, the, the faith. The righteous shall live by faith. Colossians chapter 2 verse 6, it says, As you therefore have received Christ, Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. How did you receive Jesus? It's impossible to buy salvation. You cannot spend money. You can spend money in every, many things in this world. Which looks like in everything. But when it comes to the relationship with God, there are certain things and the limitations of men. They cannot. They cannot. Even your good works. You can be a very good person who impresses the whole world. Beyond what Madiba and Obama can do. But you can be very good. Have a very best report. No one sees an error in you. But your goodness and your own 
you know, everything that you do, your efforts, can never end you Christ. Christ is not end. He doesn't come by the action of people and men. But he comes only by faith. It is when you come, you know, God has given us lovely things. The kingdom of God, it is not accessed by human behavior. This is, this is, this is a warning. If you're thinking that for me to live in the power of God and to see God making, you know, good moves in my life, it means I need to do this and I need to do that. My friend, you're bothering around the lines of works that are not the works of faith. It is just by faith, believing and accepting and operating from faith that God hears you, that God loves you, your confession. When you come to Christ, you believe and you confess with your own mouth. That Jesus is Lord. And that brings you salvation. The, the Bible here in Colossians, it says, exactly in the same way that you receive Jesus, that's how you need to continue to walk in life. What does it mean? Your faith never has to quench. Two, your confession, your speaking of the word of God need not to quench. That's how you continue. And the, the, most of the things that you speak, because of the word of God say so, they are not your conditions. You speak contrary because your word of God says that you can hear Christ. Jesus says, my sheep hears me. It doesn't say my sheep has got the ability and the potential to hear me. He simply says, he puts it that bluntly. My sheep hears me. My voice, they know. The voice of the stranger, they shall not follow. But you're sitting as the Christian. Sense of the ears. Hearing, no, I've never heard Christ. Actually, I cannot hear Christ. Seeing, if you are in Christ, you will see the heavens open before you. And you will see even angels ascending and descending on the Son of Man. You are Nathaniel. But you're thinking, no, I've never seen an angel. I've never seen Jesus. I've never seen heaven. I've never seen hell. I've never seen a demon. I've never seen anything. Of the spiritual nature. The Bible says you see. So this is your declaration. I see. If God says you see. You do see. That's how we walk in Christ. Romans chapter 10 verse 17. It says. God's word alone. Creates faith. That's, that's something that we get. Because of it says. Faith comes by hearing. And the hearing by the word of God. It says this faith, it's got life in itself. Faith is alive. It's a spiritual substance. It is not tangible. Yet it is powerful and it is dynamic and it is alive. It says what it, it does respond. It comes. And it says when it comes, it has to hear. So faith has got ears also. In as much as faith do speak. It can hear, it can also speak. But it says it, is, it comes only not by the positive confession. You can be a very positive person in life. Speaking positive things, things only about yourself and the circumstances. But if your positivity is not rooted in the word, that does not bring faith. It might bring confidence. But it's the confidence in the flesh. In the natural. But it's not in the spiritual. But the Bible says faith comes when it hears the word of God. You know, this faith, we do not have it. It's the kind of faith that comes from God. Because when I read from the scriptures, I notice that there are two kinds of faith. 
there's the natural faith and there's also the spiritual faith which is the God kind of faith. So we can simply say there's the human kind of faith and there's also the God kind of faith. So every person, Romans chapter 12 verse 3 says, God has dealt to every person a measure of faith. So every living human being, the biological person, has got a measure, some, some, you know, some amount of faith, which is the human faith that operates through what you can see, what you can smell, what you can see, what you can taste and touch. It's the human faith. We also see it in the scripture. The Bible says one of the disciples of Jesus, that Jesus also loved and has called and has been living with Christ. Jesus, when he even spoke that he will die one day and be resurrected at the third day, this man's conviction, he, you know, he was full of unbelief. He was not believing that. When Jesus, the other, you know, apostles saw Jesus and they've, you know, heard that he has risen. Some of them have, have, have met him and all those. This guy, Thomas, because of he was operating by the human kind of faith. His human kind of faith was saying, unless I see him with my own two eyes. And also I extend my hand and I put my hand, you know, verify it is really he, you know, on the holes of his hands, even on the side because of he knew that he was, he was pierced on the side by the spear. And he says, if I do that, then I will believe. But because of Jesus, he's, he's loving. Although I don't think he was impressed by the fact that he was actually disappointed that actually Thomas is not believing Thomas. You know, he, he, he works by the natural senses, but he still comes. When he shows up, when he appears, because of Jesus did not appear to the whole world. He only appeared to his own. Only the disciples. Everyone else have never seen him. Because of, that's how it happens. When you are in glory, people who see Jesus, people who hear the Holy Spirit, people who, who, who have, you know, the power of the Holy Spirit, are the believers only in Christ. Jesus says, Thomas, come, put your hands. I am he. You know, Thomas, because of the invitation, and he saw that this is Jesus, now his language changed. My Lord and my King. And Jesus says, blessed are those, Thomas, who will believe without seeing. You believe now because if you have seen, but the faith that Jesus has called us you know, to live by is the faith that does not necessarily work according to the natural senses. One of the interesting truths that we find also is that faith is the gift of God or the gift of Christ. It's what Christ has given us. When we read in the Bible, you know, we get something that is very, very wonderful. Wonderful truth there. In Galatians chapter 2 verse 20, it says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I. But Christ liveth in me, and the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God. You know, it brings the distinction. It does not talk about the faith of the Romans 12, T3. It says, this is the faith that is of the Son of God. So, we live by the faith of Jesus in our recreated spirits. That's the faith that God wants us to operate with. The faith of Christ. The faith of the Lord. The faith of Jesus. It is the faith that comes from God. 
in as much as righteousness comes from God and you are given that, you are righteous by the righteousness of God. In as much as you have, if you are a Christian, the believer in Christ, you have the nature of God. You operate by the nature of God. You are like God. And although you are not beyond God, you are not over God, but you are under him, but you have the same resemblance and the likeness of Jesus. You are like Jesus and you live in the authority of Jesus and you are the son of God. God has given you the rights and you are the joint heir with Christ. Jesus. You know who is the joint heir? There's the difference between the core heir and also with the joint heir. The Bible calls us that we are the joint heirs. A core heir is more like when the, the parent has got children. Four children. The inheritance of the parent are divided amongst the four children. In terms of whatever the percentage. If one gets 50, the other four are going to share the other 50. You know, in percentages. But a joint heir has got the same equal inheritance, you know, 100% for everyone. That is the kingdom language. The kingdom of God. Jude 1 verse 20 says, But you, beloved, building yourself up in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. It simply says, there is the faith that is in you. And the kind of faith that you have as a believer it is the most holy faith. Let me ask a question. Who is the most holy one? I'm expecting an answer. Who is the most holy one? Jesus Christ, right? God. The Bible, when it talks about God, it says he is the most high, the most holy. And the Bible says, you know, in you, there is the most holy faith. That in itself, it cannot be a natural human faith. It is the faith that comes from God. The gift that has been given to you. When you hear the word of God, when you study the word of God, that faith rises in your life. And it does wonderful things. It is the faith of Jesus that we operate by. Now, when you read in the Gospels, when you go in Matthew, when you go in Mark, Luke, John, and certain parts of Acts, and also other the epistles and the letters, you know, you realize something about what did Jesus do, you know, with his faith. The faith of Jesus is the most powerful faith. It's a kind of faith that does not give up. Even when he was told that Jesus, had you been here four days ago or before, my brother Lazarus would not have died. But that faith, it does not give up. It still stands. Where have you laid him? But Lord, it's already for four days. This guy is also even rotten. He even smells. The faith of Jesus stands in front of the grave. And it commands, roll away the stone. And it calls, Lazarus, come forth. And Lazarus rises in newness and in life. The faith of Jesus, it is that kind of faith where there were people who had incurable diseases, leprosy, one of them. The faith of Jesus, when it's so leprosy, it doesn't run away to say this thing is contagious. It's going to come to me. The faith of Jesus touches leprosy and leprosy disappears. And people are clean. The faith of Jesus when the multitudes were brought to him for healing, he does not turn away. 
It does not basically say, you know what? No, 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 I cannot, I cannot, I cannot. The faith of Jesus says, bring them here. See, you are thin. Rise up and walk. You know, it just performs wonders and miracles. The faith of Jesus is the kind of faith which was disappointed even in Nazareth, in his home place. When Jesus was there, the Bible says, he could not do many miracles there. It shows that his faith wanted to do more miracles in his hometown. But it says because of their unbelief, he only healed the few. The faith of Jesus, when there were a whole lot of people which were higher, I don't know how many times do we get, you know, you look at us here, I don't know how many times do we get into 7,000 men whom Jesus fed out of five bread, loaves of bread and two fish. The faith of Jesus simply says, it is possible. These people can eat and even, you know, after they had, they are filled, the Bible says they had their fill. So they had even taken tents, you know, tents and tents and they enjoyed until they were, they were just okay. And there were, there were leftovers lying around. The Bible says even 12 baskets were full of the miracle that Jesus performed. The faith of Jesus. When Jesus wanted to cross, you know, the, 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 the sea and go, it doesn't simply say there is no boat. I'm going to wait for tomorrow. The faith of Jesus, you know, he launches on the water, moving on top of the, wing, uh, the waves and the sea and the waters without sinking, without drowning. The faith of Jesus is not scared even to drown. The faith of Jesus, when the storms are coming, it stands and he simply says, peace, be still. And there is great calm. And there's this amazement. People are saying, what manner of man is this? Even the waves and the winds, you know, they obey him. That's the kind of faith that we have, that we operate by. Natural senses have nothing to do with faith. And true faith must ignore them. That is how we, we live. Natural senses, they are good. We can depend on them. If they give us certain things that are of the natural, you know, and that these are the good things. But when it comes to the spiritual things, natural senses have got no ability. They've got no way to authenticate things of the spirit. You don't believe that God is here because of you have to have a sensation of his presence. If your eyes and your emotions don't show you the presence of God, you ignore them, but you go into the scriptures. The scripture says, I am with you always. I will never leave you, no, forsake you. That's the presence of God. The word of God and faith are two factors by which the, spirit, the spiritual person, which is you, is directed. We have been called to follow the lead and the direction of the word and also of the Holy Spirit. The word and the Holy Spirit, basically of faith and the word. We live by faith and we follow the leading of faith and the word of God only. We may accept the evidence of our senses as true in natural things, but in spiritual things, when the evidence contradicts God's word, then we ignore our physical senses and believe what the word of God says. Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 12 says, Then the Lord said to me, You have seen well, for I am ready 
to perform my word. The only thing that God simply says he do. He says he does. He performs his word. When he sends his word, he watches over it to perform it. Not our own convictions which are outside his word. If your conviction are around and informed by the word of God, then he watches to perform it. What he had promised, then he fulfills it because of that's what, you know, the God kind of faith functions in the word of God. Then when God simply says, the sky, it is not blue, it is red. Your human senses would simply say, your eyes will say no. What I see is blue. I don't see red. But faith comes. It simply says, you eyes and everything shut up. God has spoken. The sky is red. The, the, you know, the faith itself will act as if the sky is red. And, and you know, faith itself will begin to see and speak of the sky as red because of God has spoken. And that faith is very victorious. Sense knowledge is deceptive. The Bible in, in, in Romans chapter 3 verse 4 says, Let God be true and every man a liar. The devil works very best with the physical, tangible, and natural things. But God has called us to operate with the supernatural things. Supernatural things are much more higher and above the natural things. The Bible says in, in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 18, it says, you know, what is of the natural it is temporal. But what is of the spirit, it is eternal. And the Bible shows us that the, 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 you know, the spiritual created what you can see which is of the natural. By faith. Because God operates by faith. He believes. And we operate like him. He stands, there's chaos, there's no creation. He simply believes in his heart. And he proclaims, let there be light. And one thing that I found from there, it's more like God was operating by the Holy Spirit. Because the Bible gives us the picture. The Holy Spirit was hovering over the surface of the, deep, of the deep. And God, you know, was there in the beginning. And he spoke the word, Jesus Christ. And when he spoke, and he simply says, he doesn't say, light become. He simply says, let there be light. It's more like he's saying, Holy Spirit manifests light. And the Holy Spirit does. He acts on the word of God. And how much more if you speak his word to your situations? Abraham, I mean, uh, Adam and Eve in the book of Genesis, they fell under the great deception of the devil. You know, when they lost every authority that they had, God had given them. Through deception. Deception comes, you know, in a way that it, it shows like it is true. You can trust that thing. You can depend on that thing. You can even, you know, go sell yourself all out into that thing and it's deception. Deception is very, very cruel. It looks like it's true, but it is not. After Adam and Eve had eaten the fruit, disobeyed God, and God had said they will die. Immediately after, they did not die. They saw themselves still going. 100 years, 500 years, 900 years, and something. It was when eventually death came. But it looked like it was eternally, they would, they would live eternally without death. And that was the power of deception. So also, your senses can deceive. Override them by faith. When, we, when I was praying for the people here, nothing in my natural said to me, the power of God is here. But my faith simply says, the power of God is here. 
My faith simply says, they are healed. I speak what I want. By faith. And that manifests. And the pains just get off that way. Let's look at the last story. The story of Abraham. In Romans chapter 4 verse 19 to 21. It says, and not being weak in faith. It talks about Abraham. He did not consider his own body already dead. Since was about 100 years old. And the deadness of Sarah's womb. He did not waver in the promise of God through unbelief. But was strengthened in faith giving glory to God. And being fully convinced that what he had promised he was also able to perform. The Bible shows us something remarkable about the faith that Abraham had. The Bible shows, says God promised this man when he was 70 something years. That he's going to have the son. Through his wife Sarah. He waited many years past and he did not see that. But the Bible says he ignored all the signs. Through, you know, keeping to the faith that he had in God. He believed that God spoken. People were saying, Abraham, Abraham, you are, great. you are going old, man. Abraham, 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 you are so weak. And whatever that you're saying, God told you, it does not come forth. Where is your God? And Abraham, when he looked at his wife, Sarah, yo, Sarah was very old. Sarah looked very weak. And even the physicians of that time, they confirmed that, ah, are you going to get pregnant? Which womb are you going to get pregnant from? Because it is dead. But the Bible says, Sarah did not, I mean, Abraham did not even consider the deadness of the womb of Sarah. He ignored that even the womb is dead. Including Sarah herself. Ignored it. The Bible, it talks about something. It says, Verse 21, and being fully convinced that what he had been, that had been promised, he was also able to perform. Verse 20 says, he did not waver in the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. The problem that makes us not to see the power of God and go, you know, and see the things that we believe God for is because of one, we are not informed by the word of God. Our faith is just based on the nice to have. But it does not have the begging of the word. Because the Bible says God dispatches his angels at the voice of his word. So it's more like when we start speaking, you speak exactly what the word of God says. That I am the blessed. That I am, you know, united with Christ. That, you know, I am above. I'm not the, I'm not the tail. I'm the head. You know, when you speak them with your own mouth and believe because of they are from the scriptures, God dispatches his angels and your situation starts changing. But if you do not speak, if you do not know the word of God, you'll never move in these things. You will always think. You'll accuse God every time. Your prayer is to say, God, why me? And like you, many people I know, they don't even go to be prayed for anymore because of you've been prayed for so many times and you never have seen your healing. You have never seen your breakthrough, but it is not God. Let me tell you, the problem, it is with you. It is not with the giver. It is with the receiver because of God gives any response to faith. Abraham, even when he looked at that, that situation, the Bible says he did not waver in unbelief. Unbelief does not mean you don't have faith. Unbelief simply means that you might have faith, but your faith is lacking action. Or your faith is lacking confession. Because of faith, 
It comes by the word, but it is perfected. It is manifested. It changes things by when you act it out and when you confess it. But unconfessed faith and unacted faith, James chapter 2 simply says that it's useless. It is dead. Faith without works is dead. Is dead. But with works and with actions, it comes alive and it is victorious. Let me just quickly bring this. Faith, it's a possessor. Faith possesses. The Bible says we've got many, many promises that we have in Christ. I wonder if we can close by reading this. Second uh, Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20. Chapter 1, verse 20 says, For all the promises of God in him are yes. And in him, amen to the glory of God through us. So it's more like the Bible says, God promised. He, he had given the approval to every promise. The Bible has it's, it's got full of promises. And whatever that God has promised us, the invitations of the glory realm, the invitations of the power, and many other things, God has promised them and he had already ticked a yes. You know, God simply says, every man, he wants them to be saved. Question is, is every person getting born again? No. But the Bible says it is God's will for every man to be saved, not to come, you know, to corruption. But the reality is people's faith, people's action, people not regarding what God has given to them as their rightful promise, they die and they go to hell. It is the healthy assumption that every sick person, God wants them well. God does not treat us and he says you learn patience because of the sickness that is in your body. Because of your suffering state. You know, this is what God has called you. God, if he was to treat his children like that in this world, if a parent makes the children suffer and he does not give them things and wherever, when he has everything, that person we're saying he's abusing children. God is wealthy. He's got everything. And Jesus, if it wasn't for the fact that all the sicknesses need to go, Jesus would not have borne them. It says he bore our sicknesses and our diseases. Now question, how do you appropriate and how do you get what is yours? Through faith. Which faith? God-given faith. And how do I see it? Look in the word. Get convinced. Start speaking things. Start acting things and you will see the breakthrough of God. Can we stand?